Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. You and I are privileged and blessed beyond measure to have the ability to come into this place of beauty and freedom, to worship and to gather with God's people. Let us never forget those blessings and let us celebrate them as we gather. Whether you are here for the very first time or whether you've been coming here for 800 years, you are welcome. You are part of the family. Let us be called together and worship then as we say together a few words from the 119th Psalm. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. Your statutes have been my songs wherever I make my home. Friends, let us worship the living God. We are in the presence of the living God. God in three persons, three persons, one God, the triune community who loves us, who embraces us and all of creation in Jesus Christ. We are in his utter holiness and majesty. He desires to hear from us. Let us confess our sins before the holy God in one voice and one heart. Gracious God, in the company of your people, we confess our sins to you. We have been angry and impatient, complaining about the faults of others and failing to see our own. We have been lazy and selfish, 
neglecting the interests of others and pursuing our own. We have been faithless and unworthy, ignoring the strength you offer and relying upon our own. God of mercy, you have promised to forgive those who truly repent. Help us to accept your forgiveness and dwell in us by your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let it be proclaimed and heard, received, and trusted in the good news of God in Jesus Christ, the Holy God, who extends his love and forgiveness to us in Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. You and I have been forgiven. You and I are set free. You and I have been called home. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you. God has given us peace with him and with one another. Therefore, let us share signs of God's love and peace with one another, with your neighbors, with all those around you and those online. I invite you to do so at this time. Someday we're going to be hugging again. But until that day, we carry on. We're a family, so let me share some of the news about what's going on in the family with you. First of all, let me remind you that next Sunday, we will celebrate our alternative Christmas market day. Yes, Christmas is coming, and we will give you the opportunity to be engaged in many of our missions and ministries around the world as a way of sharing Christ's gift with the world. So plan your participation next Sunday. On Friday evening and Saturday evening, the 19th and 20th of November, we will again be the host to the Bodhi Tree production of All is Calm, the very, very poignant musical celebration of the Christmas truce in World War II, in World War I. As many of you have seen that performance. If you have not, you need to do that. We are selling tickets for that out on the patio today, so be sure to stop by and get your tickets for that very special and unique celebration of the Christmas season. Two weeks from today, following this worship service, yours truly will give his report about my recent trip to Syria and then my trip back in May to Lebanon. That presentation will be recorded as well, but would love to have all of you stay, have a chance to ask your questions, see a few photographs, and hear about what's going on in the church these days in Syria and Lebanon. Three weeks from today is the first Sunday of Advent as we begin the celebration of the Christmas season, and we will have that afternoon a family celebration out in the patio. Everybody in the family, whether you're a year or 101 years old, you're welcome to be part of that time of crafts and music and celebration, so plan to be part of that. Later on this week, we will celebrate Veterans Day, and as is our custom here in this congregation, we want to be sure to take a moment to thank and to recognize all of the veterans of our congregation. So as a way of saving time partly, let me invite all of you who are veterans, would you please now stand and let us thank you for your service. Again, thank you. And now Doug Clare has a word about stewardship with us. Doug, welcome. Thank you. That time of year you get to hear from me. Um, 
I'd like to start with just a, a, a little thought about how we find our faith. Um, most of us are here today because we have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, maybe a few of you haven't yet, then you're welcome here, and hopefully you find it. We're, we're, we're here to help you. Um, and that's really kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, most of us, I know for me personally, I found my faith through the church. I found it through a pastor who, uh, when I was in confirmation classes, I think it was in eighth grade, um, he spoke to me in a way that resonated with me. Um, I'd been to Sunday school all my life, you know, went there to draw and color and hang out with my friends. It didn't really pop until uh, that pastor um, spoke to me in a way that really kind of tripped something in me that made me realize that this was this was where I needed to be. This was important to me. Um, and so my journey to faith happened through the church. Now, maybe for others it was a youth pastor or just somebody they met through church, but how many of you found your faith somehow or another through the church? All right, I think uh, it's not universal. I think maybe other people find it outside somehow. Um, but in almost every case, right, we find our faith through the work of others. Um, and that work happens through the church. Now, as you walked in here today, you got one of these handy-dandy refrigerator magnets. Um, and if you looked at it carefully, you realize that it's actually a jigsaw puzzle refrigerator magnet. Um, you will have seen the banners around the church for the last several weeks, um, the theme, Together in Hope. And down at the bottom of those banners, there's a little image of a jigsaw puzzle being put together. And what I want to remind everyone today is that the church is how people find their faith. And there's really nothing more important than figuring out how we become the piece of that church that we're supposed to be. Um, what can we do? What can we contribute? How can our piece make it whole? And so um, this is the season of stewardship. That's why you're hearing from me. Today is Commitment Sunday. I would just ask you, if you haven't already, to prayerfully consider um, what piece of the puzzle you can be so that others behind us can also, uh, can also find their faith. And if you haven't made that commitment yet, I'll be outside. There's commitment cards there. Grab one, take it home, think about it, uh, or we'll take them from you there. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Appreciate the consideration. as those 
Thank you, Ellie, and thank you, Susie. <laughs> Friends, we are a people gathered in hope. As we cast our prayers in the heart of God, let us come together in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, whose mercies are made new each day, whose faithfulness is great, we give you thanks, for you are good. Your love endures forever. You alone are worthy of our praises. You alone are to be worshipped. Gathered in this sanctuary in hope, you call us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use our voices, inhabit the praises of our hearts, speak to us the promises of your love for us, and by the work of your Holy Spirit, transform our lives to be about loving you 
with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving one another as you have loved us. In your forgiveness and assurance of pardon, you bend our hearts and bind our wills to yours. Renew our lives to more and more follow Jesus for life. Dear Heavenly Father, receive our prayers for those who are close to our hearts, for loved ones, for ourselves, for strangers, for our neighbors, for those in the household of faith, those who are near and those who are far. Bring healing and comfort to so many experiencing loss, who have illnesses, who seek your wholeness in mind, body, and spirit. Whatever amount of struggle we carry, carry the load with us and for us, and assure us with your peace so that we live each day with thanksgiving and joy in our hearts. Heavenly Father, keep us faithful as a congregation to your call. In every ministry, through every gathering, let us live lives that are our worship to you. Help us to serve a fragile world where violence and hurt, death and destructive partisanship and the shadow of death are in so many places. Teach us, gracious God, to lean upon you and to give you thanks in all circumstances. Hold us and sustain us to be at home in your heart. Speak to us your word of life through Pastor Jack, through the celebration of your sacrament, in the music, in our prayers, in all that we say and all that we do. Grant us hearts to receive it and to live out your word. Hear and receive all these prayers, O God, as we pray, using the words that your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Friends, stand with me now as you are able, so that we may give our full attention to the reading and the hearing of the Word of God as we find it recorded first in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, then in the Gospel according to Matthew, and finally in the first letter to the Corinthians. Let us hear God's Word for our lives today. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They said to one another, it is because we have brought no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said, you of little faith, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000, and how many baskets you gathered? How could you fail to perceive that I was not speaking about bread? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Way back in 1965 and 1966, there was a television series about a man that was set in the Old West of the 1870s. He had been shot and left for dead, but then he was rescued by two buffalo hunters. He was taken to the little town where they found a doctor who doctored him back to health, but the doctor discovered that the man's memory 
had been erased. Do any of you remember the TV show that I'm talking about? Some of you are excused from knowing. <laughs> the physician nurtured this unfortunate individual back to health, but he could not help him recover his memory. And so the town doc named him Shenandoah, which he said meant land of silence. The TV show lasted only a year, but I'll never forget the theme song of that show. It was set to the tune of the old folk tune Shenandoah about the Shenandoah River Valley, but the protagonist of the story, the actor, wrote some different words, and, and here's how it goes. Shenandoah, you're doomed to wander on beyond this land so lonely. Oh, Shenandoah, you're doomed to wander. So roam in search of home across this land so lonely. Shenandoah never discovered his true identity. It was one of the saddest TV shows that I've ever seen. And I'm sure that's why they kept it on only one season. Think of what it would be to lose yourself, not to know who you are, from where you had come, who you loved, who might still love you. That's true tragedy. Not to know where your home is. We've been speaking with each other throughout this fall about coming home coming home to that place from which we began, coming back home to that place where we want to end up, coming home especially into the heart of God. There are lots of ways that we can lose our homes. We can lose our memory of our homes. Our homes can be destroyed, taken out from under us, Sometimes we destroy our homes all by ourselves. We forsake home and find maybe that we never can go home again. Sometimes we simply cannot find our way back or we can't remember what home is all about. And too late we learn the value of home, especially home in the heart of God. Christian faith teaches us that it is necessary, not optional, to remember the homes from which we have come and to remember how to get back home to God. And so we preserve the precious past. 
That's what these three scripture passages are about. They are about different things to be sure, but they say the same thing as well. The ancient passage from Deuteronomy reminds the Hebrew people that they must practice the weekly ritual of Sabbath, not just for the purpose of rest, but especially for the purpose of remembering. Remember, Israel, at least once a week that you were slaves, but then God freed you. Israel in forgetting its identity, sometimes forgot not just its past, but forgot its purpose for being in the present. We can do the same. We can forget that we have been enslaved to ourselves, enslaved to the world. We forget that God frees us, loves us, forgives us, teaches us, encourages us, calls us to live a new life. And at least once a week, according to God's prescription, we need to remember that. That's why we're here today. Matthew tells the story about Jesus visiting with his disciples and reminding them that they don't remember. And as they don't remember, they forget the truth that they have learned about him. Yes, he's talking about the problem of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The disciples are so stuck in the old way, so stuck in their darkened way of thinking that they have forgotten who Jesus is. They're with him every day, but they still don't remember what Jesus has done, that he can feed 5,000, that he can feed 4,000. And it's not just about the feeding. They have forgotten who Jesus is, and they need to remember, not just so that they can remember that Jesus did a couple of little miracles, but especially so that they can remember that everything about Jesus, everything about his words, his example, his whole life was about leading them away from the destructive habits and patterns that we all engage as we try to create religion on our own terms. That was the problem of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus said to the disciples, remember, 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 do not forget or you are in peril of losing your souls. A whole other story, 20 or 30 years probably, after Jesus has that brief encounter with the disciples, some of those disciples have gone out and started new churches in other places, now in Corinth. And the Apostle Paul is saying to the disciples there that we must always remember. We must preserve the precious past because if we do not remember who God is, what God has done, what God is doing, and what God wants for us, then we lose our connection with the truth. We lose our connection with the power of God. We lose our connection with the present reality of the risen Christ. And though, therefore, 
Paul reminds the Corinthians of what Jesus had said, to do this in remembrance. There are lots of people who think that the past has nothing to teach us. They are dead wrong. Not just wrong, but dead wrong, because it is as we forget the past, as we forget the truth that has been handed down to us from generation to generation, we go back to death, to our old way of life, to forgetting the love and forgiveness and grace and truth of God. And so Jesus says, do this in remembrance. Remembering is a religious thing. Sometimes remembering can be fun. It's fun to remember the birth of these United States on July 4th on Independence Day as we shoot off our fireworks and eat our hot dogs. That's fun remembering. Sometimes remembering can be sort of uplifting when we celebrate someone's birthday or a wedding anniversary. Sometimes remembering can be poignant and deeply meaningful, like remembering the day you met your future spouse. Sometimes, though, remembering can be nearly unbearable. But maybe that's the most important remembering of all. Remembering the past can be painful, like the day that you failed miserably, like the day that you lost someone you loved deeply like the day that you were forced away from your homeland never to return again. Nevertheless, we must remember all of our history, and not just the history that we have as individuals living our own brief lives, but the history that we share as a family of faith as people who've been embraced by the loving God and welcomed by that loving God into a family. We must always remember. And so I invite you now to come to this table. This table reminds me I remember it reminds me of the table in my own home congregation. There were four words written across the front of it. I'll never forget them. It simply said, do this in remembrance. You see, remembering when we offer it to God is not just a nostalgic thing. It's not just a thing that takes us back to what used to be. It is a holy act in which we place ourselves again into the reality of God and the power and spirit of God comes to be present with us in the here and now. Remembering actually remakes us. It renews us. It revitalizes us. It returns us to that place where God is so that we can be filled with God's power so that we can sense again the presence of Jesus with us, so that we can live 
as his people today and create something worth remembering for tomorrow. Come to this table to remember so that you can meet the living, risen Jesus Christ all over again. Amen. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ and siblings in the faith, welcome home. We give to you that which we have received, that on the night of his arrest, our Lord Jesus Christ, being with his disciples, took bread. And after giving thanks to the Father, he broke it, gave it to them and said that this is my body given for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the wafer, the bread together. In the same way, after supper, the Lord Jesus Christ took the cup. And after giving thanks to the Father, he gave it to them and said, This is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Let's partake of the cup together. Let us pray. Truly, O oh God, we give you thanks and praise for all the many ways that you remember us when we forget you and your love. We thank you that in your Son, Jesus Christ, you save us, you love us, and by your Spirit, you strengthen and nourish us. Thank you for this sacramental meal, for blessing us by it. Send us forth, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may bear witness of your love in his name. Amen.
In this meal, we remember that God sacrificed himself and calls us to live sacrificially as well. In this meal, we remember that God created an unbreakable covenant bond of love with us, and God calls us to live with covenant love for each other as well. In this meal, we remember that God fashioned the community of his family and that God calls us to live as family as well. In this meal, we remember that God poured himself out for us, and he calls us to pour ourselves out for each other as well. You and I are not left to roam in search of home across this land so lonely. We know who we are, and what we are about. We know that we have a home in God. So let us never forget. Let us always remember. For now, go in peace. And may God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless and protect you this day and always. Amen.